fired up. We're ready to go. It's a, th- it's a Thursday. It. It's a Thursday. It it's Kyle and Greg here, the dynamic duo. Jordan's, uh, may he rest in peace, is not with us tonight, but he's still alive. He's serving our country, and you can't get mad at him or hate this podcast, because if you do either one of them, then that means you hate the troops in your uh, terrible citizen of this great country of ours. You're absolutely right. Um, and uh, so shout out to Jordan, wherever he may be. He's on the he's on the battle. He's on a battlefield. I don't know which one that is, but he's he's out there. He's fighting somewhere. And uh, just as as we uh, get started here, I just want to give a quick shout out to um, one of the Starbucks locations in Cottonwood Heights for uh, announcing that they're unionizing. So do they really? Yeah. So Holy there's shit, like a big push. Rules. There's a ton of there's like a yeah. ton of like labor movement right now with Amazon and Starbucks being the two the two main um, companies where employees are unionizing. And um, if you go to uh, on Twitter, SB Workers United, it's kind of the the ones that are keeping track of all like the unionizing Starbucks all over the country. And this is the first one in Utah, yeah. um, which is I'm honestly surprised because it's incredible because Utah is not exactly a labor friendly state. No, we're a we're a right to work state like people very much get fired for no reason because it's you can be. Bro, I got fired because my creative director didn't like me. Yeah. Amazing. That's 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 exactly how this stuff goes here. So um they sent <laughs> they sent uh, a letter from um, you know to to Howard Schultz, who Starbucks is like I guess responding by saying like not just to them but just in general like they're going to change their benefit structure, which it, it is really funny that like just even the threat of it, like the the rising tide of unions, but just even the threat of more unionizing is enough to be like okay yeah we'll we'll like change our benefits like. If you if you thought there wasn't value in unions, just the just the their response. Exactly. And like um I I can't vouch for all of his episodes because I don't I don't watch a lot of them and he's kind of corny, but sometimes does good stuff. John Oliver's show. Yeah. Um he had uh last last week tonight last week tonight? I think that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. He does like full he they like upload the whole thing on YouTube, which is great. But they did one on unions and um a few weeks ago. And it was really good, but it was it was mainly about the measures that companies go to in order to squash unions, Starbucks being one of them, and the Amazon, of course, being another. But some of like the anti union stuff is is honestly just batshit insane, and they hire all these consultants, agencies like McKinsey, I guess. Yeah. and, case, case in point right there yeah, for exactly. why unions are good. Like yeah. I always go back to like the John Boyce meme of like the, he's got pro union on one side and it says workers deserve leverage for the purpose of securing pensions, health care, proper compensation. In other words, their fair share and people who are anti-union assholes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's perfect. Ex- that's exactly it. Yeah. And like, um, yeah, so they're. You know, he has this really good episode, and he talks about like the the lengths that companies go to in order to to squash unions, and they will spend millions and millions and millions of dollars on these consultants who like help them 
record and distribute anti-union videos or other types of propaganda and like, uh, you know, to try to influence the vote. And like they were doing so many insane things when there was that big one down in Alabama for for uh, the Amazon factory where they were like fucking with the traffic lights and like all this stuff during the union drive. And it was, it's crazy. So so incredibly evil, you know, we should really get near a Tandon on this podcast to talk about uh, why unions are so great. Yeah. hundred percent. So there, uh, they have this letter from the Cottonwood Heights, uh, store on 7025 South Highland Boulevard, just right there by, um, Fort Union. Uh, Boulevard as well. Hell yes. So uh, I and our friend Tyson reached out like because he he asked me, he's like, do you like, do you know how we can support them? And I was like, dude, I honestly like if it's gotten to this point, that means if it's public at this point, it means that like they're already far enough to where like it's kind of too late for it to be just outright squashed. But like, right. Obviously, there's going to be a vote. But um, Jacob Lawson, he uh, he him. They OK, he I didn't want to misgender. Yeah. So he or they um he posted uh or he responded and said um somebody asked uh i will come visit tomorrow what do y'all need what can i do to besides ordering and he said just show your support change your name in the app to solidarity with workers or something like that it makes us happy i work at this location so that's so great um, i don't think there's anything like anyone can directly do other than just like show them like uh encouragement and support so if you live in the area and you want to go to a Starbucks, um, go to that one on in Conwood Heights by Fort Union and uh, yeah, and Highland Drive because yeah, um, really good shit. So yeah. there's a there's a I actually just pulled it up. There is a uh, an article in the Solid Tribune that came out. Mm-hmm today about it yeah. um yeah thursday's employees at a cottonwood heights starbucks located at 7025 south highland drive filed for unionization announced their intentions publicly in a letter emailed to ceo howard schultz if successful <laughs> in joining the workers united labor union the store would be the first starbucks in utah to unionize you know i really got to give a big shout out to connor o'malley because i'm pretty sure this all started with him yep it really did. Thank you, Connor O'Malley, for sitting. <laughs> but yeah, this is. Um, oh, Jacob Lawson's actually quoted in this article, but um, he said Starbucks has billions and billions of dollars, and they pay us so little, especially here in Utah. Uh, our cost of living rose ex- exponentially last year. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, this this state is incredibly unaffordable. He said it's it's, it's yeah. become the new San Francisco. Yeah, this like we are on the the Silicon Valley trajectory, like uh, not just in name, but like in every other way as well. Yeah. Um, our cost of living rose exponentially last year. My parents bought their house in 2000 for roughly $100,000. And that same house is a $600,000 house today. And St- Starbucks only pays about $12 starting. They could be so- doing so much more. He also, like part of the deal, uh, um, allows workers to deal with problems relating to COVID in-house mm-hmm. as well. Um, anyway, so a lot of good stuff there. There's there's 21 employees at this store and at, and at uh, Jacob said at last count, 16 to 18 of the employees had actually signed union authorization cards. Um, and a simple majority is actually all that's needed for an election to pass. So um, really, really hope that's successful. But it's great to see at least um, one store here that is. And hopefully there are more um, in in the Valley and across Utah that are willing to do the same. Because, um, yeah, like this thing really is like a, a rising tide. And when like 
one of these things like it, it, it can it can really catch on when when stuff like this is happening yeah so. and let's let's hope it continues to snowball because yeah it's it's absolutely incredibly necessary especially like if i mean if there's one thing that at least i have gleaned from the pandemic is just how much the people in power do not give a fuck about the rest of us yeah so to be able to have some sort of power where you work is so incredibly valuable. 100%. To be able to have some sort of collective bargaining agreement, to be able to have things like pensions and healthcare and other things taken care of yeah. is is unbelievably valuable for working people. Yeah. I um and and like what Jacob was saying in that video or in that in the article, um talking about the the cost of living here. Like we've heard so much about uh inflation and all of that, which of course so much of that is due to like just the um you know the the incredibly thin productivity margins are uh the supply chains across the world have been operating on and and due to like them being um you know, uh, affected by COVID, like we're all paying a price and a premium on top of that. But like what goes unsaid through all of that and like what our politicians here never mention when they talk about like economic productivity and all of that is the cost of living just when it comes to housing, which is so weird how that's completely out of the equation at all. Like we never mentioned like the complete unaffordability where, you know, people that don't qualify for low income housing, which there already is not enough of. There's yeah, there's, there's such a massive, throughout the valley. Yeah. And they've done so much to like where, you know, to meet like the federal poverty level and the state poverty. Like it's it's there's so many people that that get missed because of that, where you, you might you might be able to find low income housing, but if you can't, then you might have to you have to find somewhere else. And the state is just becoming so unaffordable. I had a friend who was in town from um, Sonoma County in California uh, a couple weekends ago. And he was, and he had some personal life changes and was, and, and needed to find a new place to live. He's from the East coast. And he came out here and stayed with me for a couple of days and was looking for a place to live. And he was looking at apartments around here and like, it's not any cheaper here than like the no, stuff that he was looking at. In, in a lot like, of, just in a lot of places, it's more expensive. Like yeah. you can't, you cannot find a two bedroom apartment downtown in Salt Lake for under two grand. Oh no, hell no! Yeah, and you can really like, find a, a one bedroom studios. You're in like the fifteen to like seventeen hundred. Yeah, I have, I have a buddy of mine um, right now who's paying like thirteen hundred for a uh, for a studio, which yeah. is what I paid for a three bedroom house ten yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah, it's insane, and like. Um, yeah. So, and like, not only the cost, but you know, when we think about our legis- our legislature being made up of a lot of real estate developers as their main and, job, and then real estate developers, and then real estate and landlord lawyers. Exactly, Colomore in particular. I used to live in in apartment. I've lived in in multiple apartments that he represented, and I was like, such huh, a freak, it's, man. It's insane that we have like this 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 lawyer who's like you know powerful in the legislature but is also like representing all of these just like apartment conglomerates as well it's crazy out that's just allowed but anyway um the rules around like apartment renting in general is so insane around here like uh you know like just the fees are completely out of control the application fees which uh, all of that is just complete nonsense and bullshit and like just made up fees just to 
gouge right. everyone. Just to just to for for landlords yeah. to pad their pockets. Reserving apartments, like you know, even if you were to sign and say like, oh, I'm, you know, outside of paying like first and last month's rent, like there's like a reservation fee to try to just get right. even more, and it's so it's so crazy. So. It's just a complete free for all. And that's always left out of the equation because like, well, one, um, you know, politicians, state, federal don't care about people who rent. Like that's just like a huge thing because people with mortgages have essentially bought themselves rent control, but rent and renters are just completely out of the scope of any type of protection. And there are rent, there are like, um, you know, renter, like unions and apartment leasing unions, but like that's completely nothing or it non-existent here so anyway um yeah that it's it's just so crazy so all of that to say <laughs> i'm glad there are at one starbucks in utah there are employees that are unionizing because um you know as i mentioned cost of living has gone up so much as jacob in that article me- mentioned it just continues to rise and starbucks wages are so far behind the curve at this point that like just, yeah just stagnant like it's really it's it's terrible to think about. It's a really awful irony, you know, when the the talk last year was like, your burger will be seventeen dollars. Yeah, if we pay we pay workers fifteen dollars an hour, which still to this day is a complete poverty wage. You cannot yeah, live in America in any semi big city in America on $15 an hour. Exactly. It's still way below what wages should be if they kept kept up with inflation but, since and productivity. Like, yeah, and well. productivity. Yeah, it's Yeah. It's really it's really We should be in the man. 20s and the federal minimum yeah. wage right now uh because we they failed to or they chose not to overrule the parliamentarian is yeah. still like 725 at a federal level. So Yeah, like I um, uh and it's it's ironic even on a personal level uh cuz like the other day I had my one cheat meal a week and I went to Crown Burger and I got a big burger and fries and a milkshake and just did the whole thing, you know? There we go. It was $18. <laughs> I was like, yeah. you know, if I'm going to pay for this, can we at least like pay the people who are making this burger what they deserve? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Like, I'm, like- I, I'm not whining. I don't care that it was $18 from my burger, but it does bother me that the guy who made it is not making that much an hour. Yeah. No, hundred percent. And like, there is something like, I mean, people always talk about like, Oh, the, the effect that it will have on small businesses, but like small business tyrants are a legitimate thing. And you know, if, if the minimum wage got raised to a point where there were, it would be pricing out some businesses from existing, maybe that's honestly not the worst thing in the world because there are like if your business can only exist on you, uh, you know, doing slave wages to your employees, maybe you shouldn't be able to be a business, to be honest. Right. So um, there there might need to be some correction that happens there. And but like, yeah, it, it's completely infeasible for for the this pay just across the board to continue being so little. It, it's just insane. But um yeah. Anyway, so just immediately got us off on a tangent that we didn't even have on our notes. But I was just uh, thinking about that earlier today, and I was seeing a bunch. Like, there's just been a ton of uh, union talk recently, which is we we love to see. It's great. Yeah. Um, like, 
it's yeah. it's one of the few really nice things that's going on right now. And yeah, and they have to they have to pass uh, the Pro Act also. Um, they really do. John Oliver talks about that in in that special as well, and he talks about the importance of it. I, I recommend people watch that. Go watch this HBO show. Is kind of a funny thing to just plug, <laughs> but like I, I at least that episode was good. I don't know what else he talks about really, but um, his He's episode a- on unions. Yeah, every now and again he'll have some good stuff, but it's always like intermingled with like weird lib bullshit. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, yeah, he's like, it, he's the guy who came up with Drumpf. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cringe, but there's good stuff in there, and they and they do some good reporting, like when they talk about MLMs in Utah. Yes, that was, that was great. Like that. Um, but anyway, dude, I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna mention. So uh, I had that eye surgery back in January, and. Uh, I was in between. I I, I wasn't. I I was at a new job, but I switched jobs in January. And my insurance with my previous job had ended at the end of December, and my new insurance wasn't kicking in until beginning of February. So I was able to get like this. Like you can sign up for temporary like transitional health plans through Select Health in Utah here, and so I did that just like as a precaution because i was like what if i like got covid and got really sick or something i had to go to the hospital and i was right. like and because the cases were super high and i was like well i'll just get this just in case um i got that insurance and i just happened to you know detach my retina in my right <laughs> eye so i had to have a surgery pretty fortunate yeah and i was like okay this 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 sucks and like um i, I you know my my deductible and my out-of-pocket max on this on this uh Insurance plan was twenty five hundred bucks, which is a lot of money, but it's also like in the grand scheme of things, like with a lot of the plans that are offered, like on the exchange, is is not that bad. So I was like, I was like, okay, so for this eye surgery, I'll have to pay like it'll it'll be like I don't know, I don't like ten grand, and I'll have to pay twenty five hundred bucks out of, of it because it, it's going to hit my deductible and my out of pocket max, and so. Um, I, I, you know, got the surgery, got pre-approved for my insurance and everything. And then I was, I was driving back from Moab the other day and we were stopped in green river and I got like a text from Intermountain healthcare that was like, you got a new billing statement available. I was like, Oh, they finally processed my claim. And I look at it and I open it and it's like, and it says you owe $7,500. And I was like, excuse me this is on a sunday so i can't call and talk to anyone about it yeah i'm just like so i'm like oh my god like great i owe 7500 bucks out of nowhere and um so i'm just like stressing about that like the whole drive home and i was like i and it says like due in 20 days or whatever (laughs) i was like I was like, sick. Okay, cool. So I, I call them the next day and I'm talking to Select Health and and the girl's like, oh yeah, um, yeah, we denied the claim, but it was an it was uh, an accident. Like we it was an, it was a mistake. Oh. Like it shouldn't have been denied. And I was like, really? Like that's just how that's just how this goes. You, it's just there's accidental like the different like a five thousand dollar accident just between those two Whoopsie. things. And, yeah, sorry for the spike in blood pressure and and the you know days long anxiety. Yeah. And so, um, Jesus Christ, man, I know. And so I I was talking to my mom about it today and she, she works for, she works for, um, the clinic that the guy who did my surgery, uh, she, she works for his clinic outside of Intermountain. And she was saying, um, and she was talking to me about it. She was asking if I'd gotten a bill yet because she was keeping an eye on it. And, um, 
She said, uh, she said, it's so funny. United Healthcare and Select Health are notorious for deny, deny, deny. Yeah. And she says, we have one employee that spends Thursdays downloading and uploading medical records just for those two places. It's ridiculous. Um, like they just keep denying just because that's like their business models to pay out as little as possible. Yeah. And so she sent me a picture of like this big poster board that they have in the hallway of their office. And it has just like all of these, you, you can see this, but it has like all what? of these Lord of the Rings characters like that they've created where, where they, they have like the eye of Sauron is UHC. One of the Nazgul's in Lord of the Rings is select health. Like all of the evil people are just these insurance companies. The orcs, it says one of the orcs they have designated is physicians advocate United healthcare. Like they just are always in these battles oh with, with United healthcare and select health and these other insurance companies. I'm just like, I cannot believe. And like my mom, like bless her heart. Like she's uh, like, uh, I don't, she's kind of apolitical, but like just tends to be like more conservative about things. But like, and when I was growing up, she used to tell me that like managing insurance, like bill, like bills through insurance and claims through insurance were just like, was like a full-time job in and of itself. Right. And I just like can never get over how just like cucked our country is that this is just how this works. Like where like in these, in these physician offices, they're just like, these insurance companies and fit like UHC select health are just like the, the evil people. <laughs> it's just, and like, I, I don't know. It's just crazy that, that so many people have so many bad experiences and like the, the entire business model of these companies is to just pay out as little as possible and to not cover claims. And like, this is just still the system that we put up with. It's, right. it's, it is so incredible to me. And I was thinking just about like the 2020 primary and those, um, those insane debates that we all had to subject ourselves to didn't have to, but we chose to anyway, um, of just like making Bernie Sanders defend the idea of, of, uh, Medicare for all or a single payer system when every single person advocating for the current system doesn't have to defend this type of nonsense where it's just, it's, it's so insane to me, man. It's so, it's so incredibly sinister. It's so bad. Anyway. Yeah. So, I am, I'm kind of dealing with the same bullshit you are. And yeah. I happen to have a select health plan. So I'm going through all of it with my shoulder. And I've already had two MRIs and a uh, an EMG nerve test. And I'm starting to get the bills. And it's the same thing. And like I have to call them every time. And like I'm starting now to ask for itemized receipts. Yeah. Which I had to do the same thing when supposed to do. Yeah. I it's the same thing I had to do when uh my son was born. Because we yeah. got a big bill after the hospital stay and it was outrageous like all uh child birthing bills are. Yeah. And I asked for an itemized receipt and I was getting things like $45 for a Band-Aid, $32 <laughs> for a cotton swab. And so I went through it. I, I like I highlighted these things and I like went through it with the the, the claims person with uh, we were with United at the time and I was like, I'm not paying this. Yeah. I'm not paying you $45 for a Band-Aid when I could have gone to the Smiths down the street and got it my fucking self. Yeah. It's in it, dude. It's insane. And and like, and exactly what you're saying right there. Like when you ever hear people like, uh, I like Utah politicians specifically, like Ben McAdams was a big person where 
where he was he talked about like making us smart consumers like in the healthcare marketplace. Why As do if, I why do I need to be a smart consumer? Exactly, dude. Why and can't it's I, like, we just have something that works for everyone? I know. Like the smart consumer in in this something that you have such little choice in. Like when yeah. you think about like healthcare, like it's like especially when you think about like things that are in network, out of network etc like it's so wild that somebody could propose the idea that you should be a smart consumer it's like how my question is to ben how can we be smart consumers when our health insurance is tied to our employer exactly and we don't get to choose which like which healthcare provider we get no we get to choose between yeah like my employer gave us select health and i am able to choose specific plans like whether i want a traditional healthcare plan or if i want to do an hsa and if i want to do the hsa do i do just the regular package or the premium package you know which is all conducive to like what you can afford yeah Dude, and like to be a smart consumer as if any of us are like, it's just like the, you know, everyone like this market economy that we live in where everything is just like, it's just consumer choices rather than just establishing like actual needs for people. It's so insane. And it's it's also insane to say like, we want you to be a smart consumer, but we are not going to do anything to educate you on how to do that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know, like it exactly. always just it always goes back to that killing me softly, uh Brad Pitt like uh diatribe at the end of the movie where he's just like, you know, there's no such thing as community in this country. Like yeah. this guy wants to talk about us being together don't make me laugh the fact is like in america you're on your own and like yeah. no one's no one's gonna be here to save you because america is a business now fuck you pay me yeah everything is broken down to like a series of con- consumer choices and everyone's yeah. political be- beliefs are also just reflective of their consumer choices like i i was at the gym a couple weeks ago and i was <laughs> i i Ended up like pinching a nerve in my arm because I think I was just angrily like using the rowing machine for way too long. <laughs> and I was looking at this TV. I was looking at there's one TV at the gym I go to that's always on Fox News and it's right in front of the rowing machines. And I was Ugh. just like using it and I was watching Fox News and they were it was just like the most insane. So you're just nonsense hate, hate rowing for like a half yeah. an hour. I, I really was. I was just like cruising and I, I haven't been to the gym for like two weeks because I messed up my arm so bad. But I was like. I was watching this. This well, like it went through. They had Stephen Miller on to talk about like Katanji Brown Jackson's like light sentencing of like sex offense. Just the most like, of course, bullshit. But then it got to this segment that said how to succeed in America, and Laura Ingram had gone to this like you know this brick and mortar pop up shop in the South that was a like let's go Brandon uh merch store Amazing. where these people were like have this really successful business of just selling like anti-biden merch and i was like this is exactly what america is it's just like being able to express your political beliefs through consumer choices whether it's like goya beans or whether it's just like or like some you know liberal version of that or like literally just distill down to shirts that say let's go brandon on it in like a variety of different of parody ways like that's just like what this country has become so when i see like people unionizing that type of thing it makes me very it just reminds me of like uh, it's just it's it's a good sign in like little like pockets of the country but it, you know you really feel like what we're up against when you think about like that that bigger picture right healthcare being such a good example and it being tied to our employment in particular is, is like such a, it's 
such a coercive measure that's it's been such, done to this country it's such modern day uh feudalism it really is because like you are literally like you're risking you are risking your family's health if you like if you, quit <laughs> if you leave your job or like get fired from your and job that's, and it's it's even more sinister when you think about a state like utah that is a right to work state yeah where like you can be kicked off your insurance at any time Simply yep. because, like, your employer doesn't like your vibe. Exactly. Or, like, literally any reason why your employer wants to get rid of you. Well, not literally every reason, but almost yeah. every reason. Exactly. Like, you can be kicked off and then all of a sudden not be able to to have an operation you need or go see a doctor without becoming bankrupt. Yep. Like, if you, when you really break it down, it is absolutely downright evil. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, so uh, I will not be paying that $7,500 bill and we'll see what ends up happening. But I was just like, you guys can just like make these quote mistakes and just hope people end up paying the cost. I talked talked to someone at Intermountain about it and she's like, well, you've got like 90 days till it's sent and sent to collections. And I was like, okay, well, super. (laughs) I was like, okay, let's see how that goes. But anyway, um, I guess that that uh, fell in our intro. <laughs> that in was a hell of, of a uh, half an hour long intro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome um, to the show, everyone. That's right. It's Brigham Young Money. <laughs> <laughs> it's Greg and me here. Yeah. Anyway, so that's what's been on my mind today and this week, I guess. But uh, let's let's talk. Let's talk through the hell the hell lines. Here's we don't the, have we don't have a Jordan's uh, soundboard, but which, thank God. But here's the yeah. thing, folks. <laughs> Is that, you know, a lot of a lot of podcasts you listen to really uplift you. That's right. And really, there are a lot of those. They, they out there. boost your spirits. You know, it's like it's like the audio version of Ted Lasso. We like to take the Trent Reznor approach, and that is, if you want a good time, go listen to another podcast because we're here to have a bad fucking time. That's right. <laughs> and with we're no gonna, further that's ado, absolutely right. <laughs> Headline number one, COVID's over, folks. So last week, the federal government uh, announced that it had run out of money for coronavirus testing, treatment, and vaccines. Coronavirus tests for uninsured patients, again, very uh, on topic, very apropos to what we've been talking about, are no longer free in some places. That's because the program that reimbursed clinics and hospitals for the testing, as well as for treating uninsured patients with COVID-19, stopped accepting claims last week. Quote, yep. due to the lack of sufficient funds, which very dovetails very nicely into hell line number two, which Wait. is so oh, so yeah. where God. where did all this money go? I'm I'm very curious. Because it surely must have been spent on something that was super dire and yes. needed. Well, folks, good old Joe Brandon, our beloved 46th president released his budget for the fiscal year 2022 on Tuesday. And in it, he's requesting Congress increase the existing $813 billion military budget by $31 billion. Completely completely unprovoked. And (laughs) like, like apropos really of nothing. 
other than like the guy just wants to spend more money on the military. And like we are going to see a trillion dollar military budget, mark my words, before we're all dead. I can't wait. It's going to absolutely happen. So, yeah, like we we can't reimburse clinics for COVID-19 testing claims, but we can just go ahead and just like give the Pentagon an extra $31 billion. Yeah, that's perfect. Especially when you juxtapose this to like what Eric Adams is doing right now in in New York City, just like bulldozing something like what is it like 150 homeless encampments with like no no uh no bad no plan at all no contingency plan other than just yeah. like wreck these people's lives and then like move them somewhere else yeah which is of like, course what we've seen here from our dear mayor as well 31 billion dollars could eliminate homelessness in this country time and time over that's, yeah but it, we're just gonna give it to point. the fucking pentagon so they can like blow brown people up in different countries and make planes that don't fucking work yeah yeah yep yep that's i think that yeah that's absolutely the plan the thing with the like yeah so uh the, those changes to the covid testing also um you know that's that i think that's happening everywhere it's definitely happening here so the state no longer provide as of march uh, at the end of march starting with april um, the state no, no longer provides free travel testing. Uh, a lot of the state, the, the state sponsored community COVID testing sites will close. That's all, um, all the free sites are closing. Um, there are, might be some that are left open, but yeah, those are all going to be closed. And you know, what's interesting. So it says, uh, state sponsored community to, uh, COVID testing has, sites will close. This is an email that, um, the state of Utah's health department sent out. And it says this includes all Mako Medical, Nomi Health, Tour Utah, et cetera. And it's funny that they, they mentioned Nomi Health because it reminded me of an article I saw today in the Tribune that says new records detail complaints against Test Utah from, quote, piles of ignored samples to, quote, contaminated COVID tests. Uh, the first few lines of this article, flawed work by the Test Utah initiative run by Nomi Health poses an awesome. imminent threat to public health and safety, federal investigators concluded earlier this month. At one Test Utah site in January, an inspector saw a, quote, pile of processed rapid tests ignored for ha- an hour and a half, even though results are only valid for a five minute window. Isn't this the Ashton Kutcher company? Uh, I can't remember if he's invested in this one. He might be. It's in it's in and one like, of these. Didn't Qualtrics have something to do that do with this as well? Yeah, this was like a lot of tech yeah, companies were like awesome. involved in the Test Utah thing. It was like, um, yeah, there's a bunch of different ones. Like uh, Domo was another big one because Josh James was like really big into this. Yeah, um, this was the prov- the public private partnership at its finest. At another, an inspector found quote contaminated test kits sitting on a laboratory table next to yogurt, rice ki- cakes, and a bag of Cheez Its. At a third, a regulator noticed swabs with patient samples and unused swabs stuffed together in a cart outside in below freezing temperatures. Jesus Christ, man. Um, we at, love – this is technocracy <laughs> at its finest. This was this was what – this is the like who we've been relying on for COVID testing for like this whole time. According to documents obtained by the Tribune, those are just three of more than two dozen mistakes and complaints that federal and state health officials have documented in recent weeks at Test Utah, which has been testing Utahns for the coronavirus under contracts with the state since the early days of COVID-19. Yeah. Listen, guy, I know like our thoughts and prayers go out to your dear sweet Nana, but you know, <laughs> there was some Cheeto dust that got into your, your COVID test and there's just nothing we can do. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, quote from uh, so incredibly sinister, man. Let's see. Quote: I still believe we did a wonderful job, and we worked together with the state in a great way, given the odds that we had in tackling an unsolvable new problem. He said. But just hours into that interview, the Tribune obtained records showing that federal regulators had notified Nomi more than two weeks ago that inspectors found the company testing sites had committed the most serious level of a violation of a health lab can. Quote, immediate jeopardy. It was determined that the, def- that the deficient practices of your laboratory pose immediate jeopardy to pr- patient health and safety, inspectors with the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services wrote. Immediate jeopardy, they explained, means, quote, immediate corrective action is necessary because the laboratory's noncompliance has already caused, is causing, or is likely to cause at any time serious injury or harm or death to individuals served by the laboratory or to health and safety of the general public. So uh, as a result, Nomi Health no longer met the requirements to perform coronavirus testing under federal law, according to the March 16th letter. However, um, the federal government or the agency did not require the test Utah sites to close and it did not issue any warning to the public. So big miss all around, but those sites are closing at the end of the month. So um, great. Awesome. (laughs) So sick. I guess the problem took care of itself then. It really is like I keep talking about this. I feel like I bring it up almost every episode but just that the 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 trash future quote about how america is just late stage soviet union but really expensive yep that's really where we're at right now just like everything is shit but it's also just unbelievably expensive yeah it's really cool i'm having everyone's having fun we're having a really good time um anyway so (laughs) continue on we're gonna we're gonna uh we're going to close the book on that one. We're going to open another one. We're going to talk about a uh, dear sweet lady by the name of Virginia Thomas. I love it. She, of course, is the wife of Justice Clarence Thomas. And two days after the 2020 election, apparently texted an old friend, Mark Meadows, who just so happened to be the chief of staff to President Donald J. Trump. From the New York Times says she sent messages that had been making the rounds on pro-Trump sites where anger over the election echoed her own raw feelings, including this passage, quote, Biden crime family and ballot fraud co-conspirators, elected officials, bureaucrats, social media, censorship mongers, fake stream, media reporters, etc. are being arrested and detained for ballot fraud right now in overcoming days and will be living in barges off Gitmo to face military tribunals for sedition. And like, I understand, again, this is like another sign of like a crumbling democracy and how our country is just (laughs) absolute, just dog shit but you do have to admit that it's incredibly funny that the wife of a supreme court justice just absolutely melts at her brain because she turned into a facebook aunt i know it's so wild it's like first of all again horrible thing it's even more horrible that like Nothing is going to nothing is going to is going to transpire from this. Like, oh, of course not. This should be just, such an easy win for the Democrats. It really <laughs> should. Like, and I don't know why they're not going full speed ahead, you know, and like yeah. get this dude off of the Supreme Court and then make it five, four. Oh, man. Yeah, they could go so hard on this. But they could just, go so. But they're they not going to do anything because yeah, they have so no idea how to play offense. Yeah, they're so bad at politics, dude. They're they ha- they. 
their entire the strategy. The Rudy Gobert outside the key on offense, <laughs> yeah. dude. It's brutal. Just baby <sighs> giraffing it. Yeah, dude. The ball is at his, at his like hip for some reason, even though he can hold the ball at 12 feet in the <laughs> yeah, air. Even though he has a nine foot seven reach. <laughs> yeah. That's such a perfect comparison. He's just like. Yeah. But again, like it's a really terrible thing that like obviously the wife of a uh, totally Supreme Court justice was working with Trump's chief of staff to like try to overthrow the election. Yeah, absolutely. And then like I mean, even more credence to the idea that they should just be like really leaning into packing the court to delegitimize the court. Like if, yes. that, if that ends up if you pack the, the court, Supreme Court, yes, if you pack no the court and you end up it. getting a majority, good. If you end up delegitimizing in the process, also good <laughs> because this court is insane and they have way too much power and they've already effectively overturned Roe v. Wade and they're coming for more too. And we'll, as we'll talk about later when it comes to like trans people. Um, they like also want some revenge on like the uh, gay marriage decision as well. Yeah, dude, so. it really seems we're we're gonna get into it in our reading series, but it does really seem that like the the ultimate Republican goal, like the grand plan, is really to try to reverse any sort of 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 progress that's been yeah. made over the past half century. Yep, just undoing it little just by little. Just undoing every little thing from gay marriage to abortion to yeah, voting abortion. rights. Dude, to- and the stuff with abortion is so crazy because they're being so reckless. Like the whole yeah. like being able to like bounty sue people essentially yeah. for like it's it's they're making crazy decisions and the court needs to be legitimized. Like I'm not even saying they should pack the court in order to just get the majority. Like they should get the majority to stop the bleeding. But they, what they should also be doing is like, we should be ending <laughs> the power of the Supreme court. Yes. Like, so we should like, let's just go ahead and say it. Like we should abolish the Supreme court. It needs to be. It's an incredibly, and like, and if you're it's not going to abolish so it, then there absolutely needs to be term limits. The fact that they like, that these people are in power up until they die. Yeah. Yep. Absolute. Just because like a bunch of people with like wooden teeth who shit in buckets thought it was a good idea. I know. It's great. It rules. It's like the, having- the, the, the romanticism of like the founding fathers is always so confounding. To oh, me. my God. And that's always like um, like, you know, they're in the process of confirming a new Supreme Court justice, Katanji Brown Jackson. And the questions that they ask. It's which so we'll, ridiculous, dude. Which we will get to with, when we talk about the article we're covering from Bethy Mandel. But like, um, not just about like, you know, stuff like that. But like, just when they when they get into the whole like uh, framers discuss. Like, there's so many, like the, the way people view the Constitution. It's so weird. Like, she views the Constitution as a living document. Like, that's – which is so hilarious because, this like, we literally have amendments to right. the Constitution. So, like, yeah, it should course. be a living document. It should be yeah, a living, breathing document. And what what are, what just so happens to be on those – on that Constitution? Like, we call them amendments for a reason because they exactly. are made to be amended. Yeah. And, but we are, like, the only country in the world that's still using their original Constitution or whatever. Yeah, like, <laughs> Something crazy like that. It feels yeah. like Peru, like, rewrites their constitution like every three months you know as they should as we should as we should it's so the romanticism and like the deification of the founding fathers as if they were anything other than like incredibly flawed beings who were born how many centuries ago yeah exactly is 
baffling to me. Yep. That like there's there is this lore that these people were like literally touched by the hands of God. Dude, I mean, people believe that. Dude. People it's crazy. believe it. it's insane. People believe that here, very much so. But yeah, anyway, I hear you've got some good news for us. I do. This is really good news. And legislation to cap the cost of insulin at $35 a month. Still way too expensive, but this is America. Um, Legislation to cap the cost of insulin at $35 a month. Passed the House on a mostly party line of 232 to 193, according to The Hill. Though all 193 no votes were from Republicans. Literally, why? Like, I know, I know that obviously, like, and in, in, in if I were the Democrats, again, like, this is something that they should absolutely such a slam be like. Dunk, like, such an easy thing to be. Yes. Like, insulin. Like, all those, all those, like. Big a life-saving can, drug. Yeah, all the big brains who are like, wow, the COVID vaccine is free. Like, why aren't we making all healthcare free? Like, yeah, obviously. Yes, exactly. Perfect. Yeah, but like, they literally can't even, like, they're, like, this, we were, we're not going to hear much about this at all. Like, this should, again, like you said, be a slam dunk where it's like and insulin. Again, yeah, like, how, like, the playbook for the Democrats could not be written in bolder, bigger type. And they're not going to do anything and they're going to get their dicks kicked in in November. Yeah, it sucks. It's like it's just brutal to watch, too. It's just. Ugh. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, so that is good. Uh, hopefully it passes the Senate. I am. I'm, I worry because, uh, you know, Joe Manchin has like a pharma daughter. I don't right. know if she's involved in insulin, but maybe we I, I don't know. It's. Maybe Mike Lee. (laughs) Just kidding. He would never do that. Anyway, so let's get to the the main thing we want to talk about tonight. And uh, we kind of held off on recording about this because we wanted to see how it was going to shake out. But we did talk about this in the lead up to what was happening. So um, to kind of to recap, the last day of the state legislature's uh, incredibly short short session, um, they introduced a replacement in the anti-trans, you know, tra- trans banning, essentially banning trans kids from playing sports. There were a bunch of different compromise bills that w- ranged from measuring kids' bodies to like committees and all this other stuff. But the the one that was substituted in was just an all-out ban on on trans kids uh, playing sports in the state of Utah. Uh-huh. And this was, of course, substituted in at like the eleventh hour. Uh, Spencer Cox came out and said he was going to veto it. And, um, you know, all of that took place and uh, the session ended. They ended up passing this bill that was just a complete ban of trans kids playing sports uh, that, you know, Spencer Cox vowed to veto. I will say so. Okay, so that was what happened. And then after that, um, you know, a, a couple of notes here. Utah is now the 12th state to implement bans targeting transgender athletes. Um, and in this ban, transgender girls would be perhaps prohibited from playing sports, um, school sports teams aligned with their gender identity. The bill's language bars a student of the male sex from competing against another school on a team designated for female students it defines sex as the biological physical condition of a male or female determined by an individual's genetics and anatomy at birth anatomy at birth is 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 the real key there um legislation slated to go into effect on july 1st and at this time of recording there are currently four transgender high school athletes in utah 
One of those is a transgender girl. One. Yeah. Singular so, in the entire yeah. state of three point what three million people. Yeah. So this is obviously a big uh, you know, problem that definitely needed to be addressed immediately because this is, you know, such a big problem. But like um I, I was reading, so I mean there's been obviously a lot of like uh, outcry about this, which I really appreciated. But, um, you know, this, like we talked about this, like it, it is so insane to do this when there's like only, I mean, it's insane to do this in general, but like when there's only like one transgender girl playing um, is, is so insane. But like, uh, you know, no matter how many there are, like this is just the, what this is aimed to do is just to be a ta- uh, an attack on um, transgender people, like mm-hmm. at large. Like this isn't supposed to be focused on one individual person. This is they they see this as defending, like um, you know, against it's it's ag- defending their way of society. life. Yeah, is, is that's what it, exactly is what it really boils down to. And what we're seeing is like. There is a huge, huge market, and we'll get to it in the article, for grievance politics in this country. Yeah. And and it's this is just the latest iteration of grievance politics or the culture war. Exactly. And they're 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 latching onto it and they're firing their up their base for it. And it's they they package it as like they're protecting their way of life. Exactly. Yeah. So, and as this continued, obviously, so like Spencer Cox vowed to veto it. He ended up vetoing it. He took a while to get to it, which I think is important because, um, and Sp- Spencer Cox did, you know, I, he did his whole thing where he got a lot of national attention because he wrote this big article or letter to the legislature, I guess. Um, but w- I was, you know, we were talking about this on Twitter um, with, uh-huh. with a bunch of different people, but, this guy, uh, John Freston on Twitter. Yeah, he had, I was just going to say this. Yeah, he had such a good response to this because um, so, you know, I, I, I was talking about how, how it's important to not let Spencer Cox off the hook here despite vetoing it because his his compromise bill was so utterly it's insulting. The compromises so that he put gross. They were, they, were, they were just as dehumanizing than an outright ban. And... The fact that he couldn't see that was just insane. He talked about the, how the science is conflicting on 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 what did he call trans he, on transgenderism or whatever he said. Some, I forgot the exact he language, just something some, like that. But like really dumb shit. Ultimately, if when you peel back what he was saying is that he still will not acknowledge that these people like that 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 transgender folks are human. Exactly. Yeah, it was like. Yeah, the the science is conflicting, of course. So I, I said it's important not to let him off the hook here. He would put in his compromise if he had the choice, which was just as as insulting as and dehumanizing. And John responded, and he said, "Plus, he drug he dragged his he dragged his feet for twelve days before vetoing the bill." While Rusica, he's referring to Gail Rusica, who's the uh, head of the Utah Eagles Forum, who You're just an is, absolute freak. She's just a complete ghoul and is on the forefront of all of these types of bills that um, are just, you know, attacking uh, LGBTQ folks, like just in general. So um, while Rusica used every minute of that time to whip votes for the override, he knew what he was doing and she knew what he what he and she knew what he was doing. Pure theater on Cox's part. And I think this is a good point because people were asking why he hadn't vetoed it immediately after. And he was like. I'm getting to the bills in chronological order, but he made such a big like theater out of what he was doing, but he still wasn't vetoing it. He and knew then, exactly what he was doing. What he ended up doing is so 
Um, and, and, and he continued and he said, everyone got just what they wanted. Rusica got the cruelest bill possible. Adams uh, got the lawsuit paid for. He's, he's referring to J. Stewart, Stewart Adams, Adams, president uh, or the head of the Senate or whatever, um, got the lawsuit paid for. And Cox gained fans with, the, with his letter while keeping his garments clean and once again, avoiding any actual confrontation with the legislature. And I think that's a super important piece is because. The legislature, what they did, they essentially left the Utah High School Sports Association open for lawsuits based on this on this legislation they passed. What Spencer Cox did after vetoing, um, and and you know when the legislature said they said they uh, set up a special session in order to override his veto, he set up his own in order to have a session that essentially. Um, designated tax dollars to pay yeah, for the lawsuits. We, gotta, we, we all got to pay for this. Yeah. So now, <laughs> so um, he protected the legislature and insulated them from the consequences of their actions. And John was like astutely pointed out exactly what take, what took place here, which is the perfect sequence of events where um, Spencer Cox gets to look like the good guys being like the, cons- the compassionate conservative. And, Everyone else gets exactly what they want. The legislature gets, uh, you know, they get to say that they passed the anti-trans bill when they, you know, are running for re-election. Gail Rusica got the cruel bill. Um, and like everyone got exactly what they wanted. And this yeah. this bill is becoming law. This, like Spencer Cox is still going to be able to go on MSNBC and be still have this image of like being like the compromise. Yeah, exactly. Like, like we had to see good, uh, the Vouch Republican Colin, with the, the heart of gold. Exactly. Kind of we saw so many people like Vouch saying, however, I, like I don't, um, Vouch, Vouch, I don't know. I don't care. That Fuck weird Twitch guy who shit, fucking sucks. Him. But he's like, you know, praising this guy and all these people are like, oh, he's my, my favorite Republican. He I'm just like based. He called him based. It's like this, Spencer it, Cox. He has the exact same politics as everyone else he just he's just smiley face he's just greg abbott with a smile i know and it's it's incredible he's just way more savvy in 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 those ways where he can just make liberals fawn over him and it really it makes me ill but anyway so you know yeah and yeah it's never mind i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that but (laughs) okay so that makes me so fucking. that brings us to like kind of the larger project to hear the thing we want to end with um and there's this this article from from Bethany Mandel, a fan fave, in in the Deseret News. She, she wait, she's married to Josh Mandel, right? Yes, she is. Okay, perfect. I wonder how I can't remember how his campaign is doing in Ohio, but um, anyway, hilarious that she writes for the Deseret News. But she wrote this uh, this piece that says perspective, a Rubicon moment for the GOP. Debate over how to define woman will help Republicans in the midterm, and. You know, as we go through this, I don't necessarily think that she is wrong here, but she she's she's wrong for the wrong reasons, because Democrats are so bad at this kind of stuff. They don't know how to message in the slightest. Exactly. Like they are they are objectively bad at messaging. So when she talks through this article, she's right in that Democrats will lose this messaging war. And like there are they already have. yeah, Yeah, they already have. Absolutely. And they they lost it. They've they've been losing. <laughs> they already lost this, and um, they they like legitimately just don't know how to talk about this. And um, yeah. Anyway, so this is in reference to well, okay. She, she explains here. Quote: Can you provide a definition for the word woman? 
This is the million dollar question asked of Judge Katanji Brown Jackson during her Supreme Court confirmation hearings last week. It's a question that has captured the conservative zeitgeist, and it isn't a gotcha, but a fundamental fundamental chasm between the right and left leading up to the midterm elections of 2022. Jackson's reply that she was unable to answer because she's not a biologist has already spawned a thousand memes. The nominee who was this chosen is, by this a, is where yeah. we're at in politics. The memification of politics. Everything is is a meme. It really is, and a, and a gotcha moment and a way to own the other side. It's the the fucking rival football team mentality. Mm-hmm. The nominee who was chosen by a president who said he wanted to nominate a woman was unwilling to provide a definition for woman during her confirmation hearings. If it wasn't so troubling, it would be amusing. The question of who is a woman is was asked by Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn uh, is a profoundly important one and far from a bad faith question. Oh, great. Correspondent Philip Bump portrayed it in, in the Washington Post. The queen of good faith. Bethany Mandel. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, she, she, she linked to that article. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah. I mean, I mean, of course, it's a bad faith question. Like the, the questions that Republicans were asking during this hearing were absurd. And like, I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't pay much attention to uh, Katanji Brown Jackson's like record, et cetera. But like they were focusing on, you know, her, her record in sentencing certain like sex criminals like people who would uh you know had child porn and other stuff and that like they were (laughs) and and, like you had fucking like it was it was either uh it was one of those like um those like ones that claimed to be all populist i can't remember if it was uh who's the Who's the anti-big tech guy? I can't I can't remember his name. I know um, like Lindsey Graham and Ted Cruz were roasting her and stuff. But like, let's be honest, though, if she's light on sex criminals, that's great news for people like Marjorie Taylor Greene <laughs> and Lauren Boebert yeah, and her husband and, and Matt Gates. Dude, what is his and name? Donald Trump and all of these other alleged uh, sex criminals, you know, and like it actually could be really good for Congress based on what. uh what is it? Oh. Uh, Madison Cawthorn has said about the uh, the cocaine fueled drug orgies that he's That's been invited right. to. So, um, <laughs> so I, I was thinking about uh, Josh Hawley. He was, I think, oh, yeah. he was Josh the one that Hawley. was asking. He was like, he was like, in in the United States, like fifty percent uh, or fifty six percent of murders are solved. Do you think we should be solving more murder cases? Like they were asking shit like that. Like you're a judge. <laughs> like it, it was some, sure, yeah. Give me the. It, <laughs> it was so um, so yeah. Obtuse. It was so. I'm trying to find. There was something I saw. Let's see. There was something I was looking for. I can't remember. But anyway. Um, which is so – I mean, it, it is interesting that, you know, Bethany points out this wasn't in bad faith. Marsha Blackburn definitely always operating in faith. But she says, um, the question has been in the news more than the usual of late because of the dominance of Leah Thomas in college swimming competitions. Again, a thing that everyone has decided they care about all of a sudden. Um Jackson's refusal to answer is a, quote, Rubicon moment for the right. The controversy over North Carolina's, quote, bathroom bill was six years ago. Back then, concern over how transgender rights could encroach on a woman's right was seen as fringe, far from the mainstream consciousness. That's no longer the case. 
A great deal has changed in that time. In particular, the left's fear of running afoul its own gender police and the right's e- what, what 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 does that mean? The left's fear of running afoul its own gender police. I, I legitimately do not know what she means by that. Who are the gender police? Afoul its own gender. Police. Which it doesn't make any sense because it's like like I thought that the left was the one that was like freewheeling gender. And that there yeah. are no like, you know, gender isn't a binary and gender is fluid and gender is a social construct. So like, how is the left the gender police in this situation? I'm legitimately puzzled by that statement. Me too. I, I do not know what that means. Um, oh, I think I found. Yeah, this is OK. I've, I think I found what I was looking for. But anyway, um, so she continues and she says. Um, running a running a foul the gender police <laughs> incredible um, stuff. Oh wait, I lost it. Where did I, okay? Um, the right's eagerness to go on the offense on the on the offense on social issues when they realized how powerful the strategy could be. Which it's funny that she's kind of like trying to pretend like she's like taking like an elevated third party perspective when she obviously feels a certain way about this because she said it would it was it, it, she called it troubling um, in a post-Trump world politicians and conservative media like recognize a winnable culture war when they see it media companies like the Daily Wire are throwing real money into what they see as potentially viral content such as this forthcoming video co- from commentator Matt Walsh and he's talking about such a freak uh, man th- his, it's some tweet where he says I've been all over the globe on a secret mission to finally get an answer to the question of our generation I managed to get in a room with the, some of the leading experts in the world, soon their answers and non-answers will be revealed. I don't know what this video it's is. It's got to be like another one of those like Steven Crowder, like change my mind fucking bullshit. Yeah. And he's probably just asking about like what a woman is. And, and you know, she is right about like, uh, you know, um, you know, the right sees a winnable culture war when they see it, because this is for them a very winnable culture totally. war because there's no like actual concerted opposition against them. And there's no like constructive conversation about any of this um, from from Democrats in general. But like, uh, anyway, so, so she continues and she says, and Florida Governor Rob DeSantis, an early favorite for the GOP 2024 presidential nomination, is in eagerly stepping into the fray as well, issuing a proclamation that declared Florida native Emma Wayant the winner of a competition that Thomas won. Dumbest country, first of all. Um, but... Well, I, okay, I kind of want to finish this and, and then and then give some thoughts. But she says the fact that the right is responding with memes, a media campaign and a political pronouncement should concern Democrats. In a Gallup polling last year, just 34% of those surveyed said they supported trans athletes playing on teams that aligned with their gender, their gender identity. While 62% said they felt transgender people should have to compete on teams with athletes of their, quote, birth gender. This polling was conducted before the controversy over uh, transgender Olympic weightlifter Laurel Hubbard and record-setting victories by Thomas. The unjustness of seeing biological males competing against women is now crystal clear. Even Caitlyn Jenner has come out. (laughs) Even Caitlyn Jenner. (laughs) Even Caitlyn Jenner. You mean the Fox News correspondent? That's right. Has come out out against Thomas's presence on the women's team. In response, Democrats won't even answer. What is what is a woman for the party that sees itself as the champion of women's rights? It's quite the turnaround, opening them up to political attacks that will leave them vulnerable in 2022 if they don't change course. 2024 as well. Something that's been driving nuts about like this, like all the anti-trans legislation and all of these questions. I mean, it could not be more stark and clear that that none of these people. I mean, seeing 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 
these trans folks as women is one thing, but like could or as 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 humans is one thing, but they they could not be further from seeing any trans woman as an actual woman. Like they would never ever say that like that's not even on the table the discussion of like a trans woman being considered a woman but they're but they're happy to use the one like trans woman in the spotlight in caitlin jenner i that that is because because that like her politics align with theirs is like she's become like the right way to like launder their bullshit beliefs and be like see we aren't bigots we aren't we aren't uh we don't hate people we we agree with caitlin jenner she's trans yeah and there is there is there's been not that i've seen no like democratic response to this as well like any of these these questions because she continue continues and says former president donald trump didn't just show republicans how they can win the culture wars he convinced them that they should be aggressively fighting them in the past which I mean, she's not wrong there. She's not wrong is because there, there's no opposition there. There's right. no like they're not fighting back at all. In the past, Republicans were wary of being labeled hateful and bigots. But now they see that their failure to push back has led to situations that are damaging for women and girls. So this is where the Republican Party is now pretending to be the woke yeah. party is that they are protecting women and girls, which, of course, would never include trans it's, women. It's always it's always great for me to hop on Twitter these days and see like some just like bloated dipshit talking about like protecting the sanctity of women's sports. Uh, it, it's and incredible. then you go through their timeline and you you see like their tweets on women's refs or like Dude, why the WNBA doesn't deserve to exist or like why WNBA players should have to go to Russia in order to like make enough money to like live their life. Yeah. And like, dude, it's, it's, it's really widespread and it's really, it's really gross. Like I, even when, so I think like Adrian Warzanowski was tweeting about uh, like the Utah Jazz response to this because I, there's a good chance that you, that Utah loses the All Star. Truly, honestly, hope they do. Yeah, no, they absolutely should. They so, should. like, we, we've talked about this how like you know business is kind of one of the main things that really controls how things go in this country. It was the only state, reason the original well, trans too. bill got, got shut derailed. down. Yeah, the Jazz stepped in and shut that down, and um, it's so it's likely that the Jazz lose or the state, I guess, loses the All Star game next year. Um, and you know, Woj reported this, and the replies to that tweet were horrifying. Like some of the most so gross. Man. It, it really, it really sucks to see. And like, I can't imagine how it feels to be like a trans person in this type of environment, being online. Uh, imagine being the one trans girl in Utah who can't play sports now. Well, yeah, stuff I mean, like that, or anyone that like potentially wanted to, or just being trans in. I, I just like being, being trans in general right yeah. now. I, it's just I, the amount of like opposition you have, like the amount of how unsafe it is feel just like it, it's it's horrifying. But um, anyway, so she says uh, uh, they're increasingly willing to endure the name calling for what they believe is right. Uh, they she says they she means we because she's part of. Oh, this so well. she can actually uh, use they them pronouns <laughs> she's capable yep. of that yeah wow what is a woman if the democrats won't answer the midterms well I, I i so that's the end of our article i i wonder like what answer from katanji brown jackson would would they have accepted yeah like would they have said any any human with a vagina or ovaries is yeah. a woman here's my because- question though about that article just just spinning off what you said 
Do you know what Bethany Mandel didn't do in that article? What didn't she do? She didn't define what a woman was. Exactly. Like, because tell, tell me what it is if you're such an expert on this. Exactly. Please, and there give is. Give me a definition, which is not at all apparent in your article, you exactly. stupid fuck. It, and that, that it, is, it is so interesting because it, it, it isn't, it is not a simple question that like she would like, like. That's what I really wish she would have said that because I I want to know what she thinks. Is it somebody who, um, you know, produces eggs? Because there are plenty of women who don't produce eggs that are that are trans or not trans yes. that, that don't that they're like are born certain ways. Does that make them not a woman if they if they don't produce eggs or if like they are incapable of birthing children for one reason or another? Is is the ability to birth um, offspring? Is that what makes someone a female or 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 a woman if that's so then how do like we're leaving out a lot of somebody what what bethany would ostensibly call a woman right in that definition so like you're you're exactly you're exactly right she like didn't define it either all all i can think about right now and it's making me so mad is how who whoever edited this article should be fired it, well, it, dude, it, it is it is so interesting to me because it's so like you can't write an article where the headline is quite literally "What is a woman?" Yeah, and it, then it not so. provide a definition. That's yeah. such incredibly bad, lazy writing. I know, but but like it, it's she she I mean she's being cowardly in this article where she says they and she refers to like the right as like something abstract and away from her even though again in the beginning of the article she does talk about how this is this is troubling and she doesn't she doesn't say why it's troubling but like i you're yeah exactly spot on like she does not she doesn't define what it is and i don't know you know i i I don't know what the right defines a woman as but like right there are always going to be those things that's like okay it's like i i it I, it's 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 fascinating to me. It but. seems to me that the only definition that they have for women uh, or what is a woman is not transgender. There's yeah, not there's not a like, there's not a like trans, a, 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 a discernible concrete definition. They can't tell you what that is. They can tell you what it isn't. Exactly. Exactly. It's not ever someone who was born with like different genitalia. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. like, I just, it for me, it all just goes back to like, who fucking cares? It, like, it, who cares what gender somebody identifies as? Who cares if that person wants to go out and play high school soccer? It's yeah. not hurting anyone. And, and like, their argument might be like that it's costing, you know, kids scholarships it's like maybe we shouldn't be focused like maybe, yeah, maybe kids entire future shouldn't be writing or dying on high school athletics yeah <laughs> like maybe that's something that should be uh should be considered maybe, if, maybe. If, tr- if one trans person is throwing off someone's entire life trajectory it's like it's not that for person's fault for simply existing. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we take some of that $840 billion that this country is giving to the Pentagon. Maybe use that to pay for people's education in this country so they don't yeah. have to scramble and we don't have stupid, stupid culture wars like this so people can like ostensibly get into college. 
Exactly. Like there's such a fundamental issue with how our society is structured that like is causing these like fringe points where all of a sudden all these problems can be so easily blamed on like such a small, like minuscule amount of the uh, percentage of the population. Unbelievable. And like when you also consider like, <laughs> you know, someone asked, uh, I, I saw this, I, Steven Crowder was on this, on this topic and somebody asked him about intersex He's people and he was, he was talking about how it's such a small percentage of people that it doesn't matter. It's like, that's what we're talking about that's here. Exactly what well. we're talking about. <laughs> also like incredibly like, very straight man who like cross dresses in his videos and goes to planet yeah. fitness. Yeah. Very, very normal guy. Very, but yeah, like when you're talking super about normal guy, you know, they're willing to pin their entire, like these hinge points on the, on, on, you know, trans kids, but like, what is their explanation for how intersex people like fit in into society either? Like they're not willing to entertain these questions at all. They're just like literally just making, you know, drawing a line in the sand and being like anything outside of like the scope of like what I feel is like the comfortable understanding I have of how the world works and how I view the world. That's where the line ends. And anything outside of that is like blasphemous. And that's like what Bethany believes she didn't explicitly state out here, but she's like, look at, you know, it's troubling and look at all the like what the right is doing that i'm ostensibly maybe a part of but anyway so um this is gonna be i mean this is like the big thing right now like it was it was it was critical race theory Mm -hmm. and now it's this like they they've completely completely dropped critical race theory and now it's just it's it's trans kids. It's literally trans kids, but it, it's not just trans kids. It's the existence of transgender people in general. And um, this is going to be one of like the uh, the spots they're just going to keep hammering for as long as they possibly can. Until uh, they get and, back into power. Exactly. Which could, it's could gonna, be soon. going to happen. Like, like have, if you've seen the recent polls, like it's not looking good. It's not looking good. And like if. Trump already has is is polling higher than Biden right now. Granted, it's 2022 and there's a lot of lot of time, but like the midterms are looking terrible and it's going to it's going to probably end up being red wedding esque. Yeah, it's it's (laughs) It's it's, going to be a bloodbath, dude. It's concerning for sure. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I I. I, it it is difficult because this is this is something that like normie people on the right are caring about right now. Yeah. Like this is something like I'm like when the trans bathroom thing came up, it was it was it was the same thing. And like it, it is so interesting because like they have such a they don't have a concept of like what trans people are. Like most 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 suburban like people just gen generally and genuinely just do not have experience interacting with trans people and that are dealing with a character a characterization that they've that's essentially been created for them and when they're actually faced with like trans people they you know might have a different opinion like in my experience like talking to my own family um that happened around the time of those those conversations where uh you know they interacted with a trans person and didn't you know whether they in in this case didn't know they were trans and it's like there's I, I honestly don't know like what the best course of attack is from here, but simply letting them just like have all of this, this ground to run on and all of this, these open fields to just 
make all of these outlandish claims and just make such a gigantic deal out of a single college swimmer in I don't, I don't like Florida, I guess. Um, An it, Ivy League swimmer, too. Yeah, like who's it's, like thirty fifth in the nation right now? Yeah, it's. And I like, yeah, I don't feel particularly qualified to talk about like what the strategy should be, but like there's got to be something other than letting this just happen. And like there are people, there were people on like the liberal side of things saying that maybe we should like, you know, throw some red meat or whatever and like give like make some room on yeah, the we need culture concede, war front. we need to concede concede some ground yeah concede ground on the on the culture war shit and it's like no it's absolutely like, not you, you can't you because you cannot like deal with these people in good faith because the second you do that they're going to keep going this isn't exactly you can't you can't quench this thirst it is absolutely insatiable and it's the playbook going forward and it's so disheartening because this this country just continues to not only crumble but like further like dive head first into authoritarianism yeah and we have to pin our hopes on what is an absolutely feckless party yeah. And it's just like it, it's hard not to feel despair, um, especially when it's people that you care about who are being affected. 100 percent. Yeah. And like, you know, like I said, I don't I don't I don't have all the answers. All I know is like it's an important it's, it's an especially important time to be uh, incredibly compassionate to yeah. you know, people who, who need who need that compassion. So. Um, cause it's not an, it's not an easy time to be well, human, but it's not an easy time to be a trans person. Not that it's ever been, but especially right now when there's, uh, seemingly more targets than ever on their existence. And it's yeah. just, uh, don't be afraid to like stand up for, for those people because, uh, they need it. And there needs to be like an incredibly strong and, uh, um, you know, concerted opposition to this kind of thing. And there, like, there should not be, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, Spencer Cox put the, put, I, I know like, you know, Spencer Cox, like with his, his uh, opposition bills and everything, but like in the letter that he wrote, he talked about like, uh, to, to his credit, I guess, like for his own self-serving purposes, he did mention like the suicide rates and the homelessness rates yeah. for, for trans kids. And it's like, um, I, and my response to Spencer would be like, dude, your your bill was <laughs> wasn't much better. It, it, but it's yeah, like, it's not going to exactly exactly cut down on any of that. Exactly. But 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 he he was right to point those things out where it's sure. just like like but I, that, I, I but can't, it, it was it like sounds, a third of trans people yeah. have tried to commit suicide, something insane. But it's just like there's such it's such a small percentage of the population to be under such a heavy microscope of right of just such vitriol that it just it's just so sickening and um, it's so gross seeing someone like spencer cox use those statistics as political capital yeah i because again his compromise was so bad and it's just there's so much work being done to dehumanize these people these kids these adults just across the board where there more than ever needs to be a time of just like compassion and understanding and there's just like zero um you know, zero opposition to the attacks that they're facing. And I just need to see, um, see these ramp up and not ramp down and no ground should be conceded. But anyway. Yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's our cheery topic for today. But it's like, I mean, it really is like, it's at this point, 
like uh it, yeah yeah show compassion and defend your trans we got we gotta love we gotta love our friends yes is, right. is ultimately what it comes down to it sounds trite yeah and like but it's, like, it's it, really it, the case whether it's corny or not like it's important to like be an ally and like not even just an ally but like be I, mad said something that was like i'm not just for like uh trans rights i'm for trans revenge <laughs> or something like yeah. that and i was like it's like it's, it's like be, we can it's important to be on the offensive about this type of thing like for real like um yeah like these, 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 these people, are non-negotiable things the utah legislature really should not know a moment's peace exactly like yeah. these are not good people they're not people who i want like I, I don't i don't want to take solace in that they all play pickleball together whatever like they're like it's just evil they're, they're dehuman. gross they're just gross horrible people. terrible people yeah and at, like if you have family members that have that have you know backward opinions or bad opinions it's like you know you don't need to kill them or something like that but it's it's and like the, these are people that don't necessarily have power and have been led astray by so many forces of power that are targeting such a minuscule part of the population um who absolutely do not deserve to be under that type of microscope so right it's like i mean it's important to talk about these things like with compassion and that like these are human beings that deserve love and it's it's yeah it's important to to emphasize that but anyway a classic thursday classic kyle greg thursday as we we were (laughs) we are having a normal one folks that's right we're doing great anyway um yeah (laughs) i don't know how to end it but that's that's for listening folks that's right yeah i don't know if i don't even know if this is a patreon episode i don't know i have been i think that's kind of up to jordan (laughs) yeah jordan might be uh, if if it's not a patreon episode subscribe to the patreon um we're still donating money to our friends who are facing like insane you know legal fees fines from the state following the protests that took place in 2020 um we should plug that real quick while we're still while i'm thinking about it we really should let me find the uh we can put the link in the description as well yeah let me find the link let's see yeah i mean subscribe to the patreon i'll finally oh she put okay here we go so help pay off july 9th slc protesters restitution um they're two-thirds of the way there 60k out of 85k like we're continuing to just like funnel our money uh, their way, and uh, hopefully, just just we see more and more because yes. um, uh, we know like that people that have listened to this podcast have like helped contribute to like matching funds, etc. So we really appreciate the people who listen to this that have donated. Um, if you have any more money to donate, not just like paying for the Patreon. GoFundMe, help pay off the July 9th SLC protesters restitution. Um, it's like these are people whose lives have been railroaded by the state uh, for simply just showing up to protests pretty much. So, um, yeah, highly, highly encourage you all to uh, to donate if extra if you can. Um, tomorrow's payday for me. So, hell yes. I wish it was a good reminder for me. myself. I get paid until next week. But <sighs> anyway, you can bet your ass. Some of that yeah, money is going to that way. fund. Yeah, we love it. Anyway, so do that if you can. If not, continue supporting this show on Patreon and your money will just be going there anyway. Exactly. So, um, 
Anyway, okay. Love you all. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye.